welcome to the Flex Success Podcast, where we teach you how to be less shit. Covering all things science relating to nutrition, training, recovery, and more. Who knows, we might even sprinkle in a dick joke or two. <laughs> Why is it a snort not a sniff when it comes to cocaine? I suppose it's you're not really sniffing it, you're not smelling it, you're inhaling it. You're literally smelling it. Okay, anyway, yeah. side shoot. And we're back. On the couch, we've got Dean McKillop and Bill Donut. <laughs> he waved when you were pointing at me. <laughs> Sorry, Will. I was doing this one, it'll come back for me. <laughs> <laughs> I got there in Bill the Bill Donut extraordinaire. Now, <laughs> when Will booked in for this podcast, he did book in as Bill Donut. Explain yourself. Uh, just when travelling around America... Uh, with Jamie, the whole, the, the, the entire six weeks was just jokes. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was just not a moment of that six weeks that wasn't shit talk. <laughs> uh, and I believe Bill Boner was actually a guy who donated millions of dollars to the Alabama football club. Okay. And we were just like, Bill Boner. I like it. <laughs> hey. there, there are a few other names along the road as well, but yeah. Because Bill is a nickname for William. Which yeah. is your name. So I thought maybe, I don't know. Well, that's why. That's you, you just had like, a permanent enough. erection the whole time you were in America and you <laughs> yeah. went, I don't know. Bill Bone is actually a real person, but I took his name because yeah. I, I like it. Okay. That's fair enough. Now, for the people that aren't watching and instead are just listening, we said Will. But Will who? Who are you? What do you do and why do you do it? Will Crazier. And okay. I am both a powerlifter, an athlete who... Uh, Currently, as of a few weekends ago, I have the top 125 uh, all-time Australian total. And I had the all-time 110, but some guy in Victoria, I believe, took it. Bastard. What an asshole. <laughs> Who is he? I'll get back at him. <laughs> Mitch Lee. If you're listening. <laughs> Burn in hell, Mitch Lee. We might, we might send it to him directly now. Just for the same I'll get it back. <laughs> I need to hire yourself again to get me back there. Uh, and as coach, I coach um, and co-own Nexus Performance, and we coach mainly powerlifters, uh, but a whole bunch of strength people online, as similar to yourselves, uh, to get yeah to get strong and compete well and do well. Love it. And how did you get into powerlifting? Mm, I did bodybuilding mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Yes. My coach was very. Uh, heavy in the way that he programmed as mm-hmm. in like he liked to give threes mm-hmm. he liked to give fives and that's what I liked yeah just for listeners that don't know what that means that means a set with only three or five repetitions yeah heavy yeah. stuff mm. yeah. Uh, and also heavily favoured squats bench and deadlifts in his program as well okay uh, and then I kind of realised that I was good at that and I'm like oh this is fun this is the part of the program I like this other stuff isn't that fun yeah uh, and then the dieting obviously isn't that fun no you're right. Uh, I think it's awesome. I no. love dieting. <laughs> well, Sarcasm, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think as you get better at it, you appreciate it. Yeah. I think it's more an appreciation. But, um, yeah, it obviously like, wasn't fun. And the way I did it wasn't the way I would do it now. And uh, and then after it, I just realized that, oh, yeah, I was good at the lifting. And then mm. decided, hey, I'm just going to keep eating food. And, mm. just, and then I did my first comp in March 2015, uh, Queensland States. And... In that first comp, broke a deadlift record for my weight class in Australia. That is cool. I'm pretty good. And what's your weight class? This is cool. Uh, I was one, I did that at 100. Uh Then for the past, you know, most most of the years, so three, four years, I've done 110. uh, And I did my first comp in the week, a couple weekends ago at 125. Well, at 125 class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, For your 117. Yeah. In, in shoes and clothes and yeah, right. isn't it funny though that you're bigger now as a powerlifter than you were as a bodybuilder where the goal is to be as big and ripped as possible mm. <laughs> yeah yeah well different evolution of different training. worlds but um yeah. I think it's a different mindset as well yeah because uh, even at 100 and 110 when I did those weight classes it was about um I kind of uh, wanted to look good mm. and stuff like that but then I don't know there was a point where I got so lean in the weight class and it was affecting my lifts and, and yeah. stuff like that to some degree and I was like you know what like I started this I started powerlifting 
Well, I started lifting, really, to get as big and as strong as I could. Mm. So I think you succeeded. Maybe, yeah, maybe I should just do that. <laughs> and so, hence, I was just like, no, screw up, 125's the future. Because I, I try and teach all my guys, to, all my clients, to, to realise that the, if you're in a weight class, like holding yourself back for a weight class or to win a weight class or to get a record might seem like a really cool thing at the time, but you are the the one that you're going to be most competitive in is the one that you're going to be biggest in. Yeah. yeah. Really. Yeah. I think that's actually one of the things that I learned from you over the years of doing some work together was, and it was quite interesting is that you look at uh, body stature as an indicator for potential class management, I suppose you could say. So like if you're, you know, if you're 180 centimeters tall, yeah. And you're currently in the under 90s. Yeah. Chances are you probably shouldn't die for that. You should just work your way up to the height division that is more suitable to your weight. Because yeah. if we look at everybody else that's performing in those weights, they all seem to be a similar height. Mm. Yeah. If you, and if you look at the people who are winning mm. on a worldwide, like uh, in, in all the feds, both tested and non-tested, that they're, they are the biggest guys in the weight classes of yeah. most of the time winning. There are obviously going to be outliers. They're going to be people that just genetic freaks mm. I wish I was one of them a genetic can I freak? just say oh my god I would die to be a genetic freak <laughs> <laughs> yeah outside of those couple outliers yeah. like it's it's the biggest dudes winning um, yeah the ones with the most muscle mass tend to win so it's kind of about knowing your place what did you uh, you said before if you had your time again you wouldn't do it the same way going from bodybuilding to powerlifting I think we wouldn't do bodybuilding again right in okay. the same way yeah. As in the, the way that I prepped was certainly not uh, optimal, but... Was it chicken and broccoli? Is that yeah. But right. so, oh, no, no, it wasn't. It was just done in a... In a the process was done badly. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's, that's not to really a discredit to uh, the coach or the time because we've come so far. Mm. Like, pro, I think, if you guys been bodybuilding a lot more than me, yeah, like... Um, you know that bodybuilding's the methods have come a long way. We have yeah. evolved hugely Massively. in the last like five, ten years, even. Hell, oh, I mean, I've even yeah. evolved personally ridiculous. in the last yeah. two years. Even year to year, like obviously, uh, kind of wearing slightly different realms. But I look at my programs that I was writing a year ago or two years ago. I'm like, God damn, dude. What yeah. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> but then every year, every year I do that. Yeah. Well, so, I hope like, so because that's called continuous learning. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's the whole reason why I'm doing all these courses and stuff. Is hopefully it continues to evolve, um, yeah. and I can keep ahead of where I was. But um, but yeah, it's just always fascinating to me at the end of every year. Like I realize how much though. Mm. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, oh. I guess like it's it's difficult to look back and go, "Fuck, I didn't know that then." If only I did X, Y, and Z. But all we can do is the best that we can do now. Mm-hmm. And then as you know more, then do the best that you can do then. And that keeps happening. Yeah, and you, that's, yeah definitely. And, mm-hmm. and it, there was a point where I used to almost be judgy of people when I saw people doing dumb stuff mm-hmm. online. Whereas now it, my mindset's changed and I'm more of a like, maybe the person just doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and obviously there are people who just don't even try to know. Yes. Which <laughs> and that's are the bad ones. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I find these days more if I just, if I'm actually asking why and different approach it differently to those people, then, uh, yeah, I realised that they were just me yeah. a few years ago. Well, that's the thing. There's always yes. a progression of knowledge. So sometimes people that are doing, hopefully not bad things, but maybe not optimal things, it's just because they don't know any better sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, you mentioned before you were in America, mm. and obviously that was... People, I think, thought you were going over there for a competition, but really you went over there for education and development with Jamie yeah. from Northern Strength Culture, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you coming from a bodybuilding world into the powerlifting world is a really interesting uh, position because there's a lot of people that probably attempt it, but don't do it very well. Yeah. Do you see that with bodybuilders that want to become power athletes? Yeah, yeah. The bodybuilders are actually in a great position when it comes to powerlifting because, like I said, the, the biggest guys tend to win weight classes. Mm. Like you need, if you look at the things that kind of um, determine strength, there are a few things that we can't control. Uh, you know, muscle insertions, uh-huh. segment lengths, bone lengths, you know, short femurs, long femurs, whatever, uh-huh. uh, socket depths, things like that. We can't yep. control that. We can't do anything about it, even if we know that it's suboptimal or yep. whatever. But the things that we can control 
the main one that we can control is muscle size. Mm-hmm. You can always get bigger, mm-hmm. or you can always get leaner. You can always do that. How much of a pussy you are? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we can control that a bit. A bit. But yeah. um, but yeah, the main one we control is muscle size. Mm-hmm. We can control like there's other ones like neuro uh, neuromuscular yeah. timing or or efficiency or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. But at a certen point if you've been doing powerlifting for six, seven years, like me, it's, yeah, that innovation is nailed. Mm. Uh, I only need a small peaking block to peak yeah. that skill, and the rest of it's still going to be hypertrophy. And hypertrophy is a lot slower. Mm. Um, you can't really get faster at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I, th- I think bodybuilders are at a great place to start, as in like they've got a huge base, they've got a massive advantage um, over the powerlifters that don't have that background. I feel. Yeah. What would but, their disadvantages be? Do you think? The disadvantages are the way that they go about that transition. Mm-hmm. They, they've got all this muscle that was built maybe doing isolation stuff or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, no, they, they could have done whatever. Bicep curls that. and a back day. And let's not typecast the poor body. Oh, no, but usually they're going to be doing like muscle-specific training. Well, well, like even to throw it back, you're like, when you program for a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. when I program for a, bo- a person with physique goals, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, when I'm throwing their, their program together, I'm thinking, what exercises are going to get them the most bang, as in like muscle stimulation, mm-hmm. yep. to uh, like fatigue or, or like side effects? Mm-hmm. You know, like the side effects of fatigue, uh, tendon, joints, yep. ligament bashing. Yeah. Yep. Like all this stuff that kind of like the Even. stuff that you don't want but mm. it, it kind of comes with training but like we want to pick stuff that are going to get the most stimulus to um, yeah less fatigue more stimulus stimulus to fatigue ratio oh my he's retarded yeah coining That's, terms like a genius Ooh. yeah he is but yeah you want to get that stuff without getting beat up and, um, and so if I'm picking exercises for a, a bodybuilder I'm going to pick ones that maximise that Mm-hmm. Whereas in powerlifting, we don't have that choice. We have three lifts we have to do in competition. Mm. And our key and the key to them, surprisingly enough, is to, to kind of cut out as much as we can. Yeah. We want to almost cheat as much as we can. We want to become efficient again and, and use the least muscle as possible. Yeah. Um, well, to a degree. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, very different worlds. Mm-hmm. And so I think when bodybuilders come into powerlifting, they're used to that. They're used to trying to like, you know, just put maximum tension on their quads to build their quads, which is great for something like a leg extension or a leg press or something like that. But when we, when it comes to a squat, it's no longer about how much you use your quads or how much you use your hamstrings or how much you it's use your It's about how much weight you can lift. It's about, yeah. it's about yeah. the weight on the bar and doing them to a competition standard yeah. and that's literally it. Yeah, God, yeah. it's it's um difficult though to, because as a, a bodybuilder, you think like, okay, you're doing bicep curls, you're thinking about your biceps, you're thinking about it squeezing. And you kind of train yourself to be in that thought pattern when you lift. Yeah. And then when you move to powerlifting, how do you all of a sudden just like switch that off? You're not like thinking about, okay, squeeze the glutes and, you know, extend through here. Mm. I don't think it's about switching it off mm-hmm. because I still program a lot of hypertrophy for my guys. Okay. Uh, depending on the phase, but or even also during comp phases, they'll have a little bit yeah. to, for more attention, but still. And during those exercises, I expect them to think like, oh. Yeah. So if I program my uh, powerlifters leg extensions or you know arms or whatever flies, mm-hmm. they're going to they're still going to be focusing on taking it through a full range of motion, mm-hmm. focus on getting the the pump or whatever, like feeling the muscle yeah. working, like mm-hmm. stimulating that muscle. Um, it's just that when I go to a squat, bench, and deadlift, that I have to shift that mindset and say, hey, yeah, like this is exactly what I want from you. It's right. a different intent. Mm. Uh, it's a different goal behind it. I want, like, I don't need your ass on the floor of a squat. Yeah. Mm. Because, it just needs to be illegal depth. Oh, that's great for quads. That's great for glutes. That's great for off season. Mm. Mm. But in a competition, like, if I could work out a way to get you smidgen under depth so that you get whites, mm. and that's it, like, awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly think- what I want. Maybe yeah. we can think of this uh, as a difference between internal and external cues with internal cues being to think about the muscle and to like that mind muscle contraction. Mm. Whereas the external cue is to move the fucking weight, mm. get that deadlift bar off the ground, like get yeah. it up. Whereas if we were a bodybuilder doing a deadlift, instead we would be thinking about what our muscles are doing, the internal cues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think would it's a shift of like conscious connectivity. Like yeah. bodybuilder would be consciously connecting mind to muscle contraction. 
Yeah. Powerlifter would be consciously connecting movement pattern efficiency. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 I guess you even look at it as joints. Mm. Like I want to put my joints in the right positions for things to work. Yeah. You know, like I want to put ribs and hips on top of each other so that I can get the maximal bracing so mm. I can get injured on the crutch so I can, and I can keep them there during a squat. I want to put my uh, ankles and my knees and everything stacked so that the force production is right, mm. all that good stuff. Mm. So, and it has to be to just the competition standard level. Yeah, I think that would be a tough it's, mindset mindset for a bodybuilder to shift out of. It's hard. If, if, they're, if they're hyper aware of uh, range of motion and trying to be perfect, yeah. to try and get them into a position it's where they're shifting. literally just trying to shift their focus on maximizing the efficiency of the movement, as yeah. opposed to almost sometimes bodybuilders, uh, although argumentatively, potentially incorrectly, mm. like focus way too much on trying to make it difficult, uh, make, making a uh, weight difficult to move yeah. with the assumption that it makes muscles grow more, which I think is a, a false it's got to be big assumption. Big but um, yeah. yeah, like we could give the example of maybe a, um, a Turkish get-up, like fucking so difficult, mm. but hypertrophy to effort <laughs> doesn't quite stack <laughs> up. Like muscles aren't growing because you're doing a, not saying that that's a bad exercise in and of itself, but if Probably. the goal... Is for hypertrophy. Okay. For hypertrophy. Oh, nearly everything. Yeah, Shoulder stability. I mean, there's better What's things. What's stability? Yeah. Well, there's um, but that's a good example of something being difficult, but not really getting the outcome that you want. Yeah. Just because it's exactly. difficult, you know. Yeah. You have to get. Uh, you have to get. You have to get good at the three lifts. Yeah. You have to get good at squatting. You have to get good at benching. You have to get good at deadlifting. For our listeners who don't understand, who are bodybuilders um, or just gen poppers who don't quite understand powerlifting, can you explain legal depth and what you meant by whites? Yeah. So we have to perform a 1RM on squat bench deadlift. What's a 1RM, Will? <laughs> one rep maximal weight, mm-hmm. as go. much as you can do over mm-hmm. three attempts. Uh, and there are rules for each of them. So on a squat, you have to get... Like I forget the exact wording and the refs are blasting for it. But basically <laughs> get your um your hip crease under the top of your knee. Mm-hmm. Um doesn't matter how on how much under, you're gonna get extra points for going by. It just has mm-hmm. to be there enough. Mm-hmm. A deadlift you have to start with a bottom ground, you have to lock it out with your knees locked and your hips locked. Mm-hmm. And on a bench press we have to uh unrack it with joints locked, elbows locked control it to the chest, when the bar's motionless, they'll tell you to press it, you press it back up to the top until you're back at that starting position or, you know, mm-hmm. bogged out, and then they'll tell you to rack it. Perfect. So all three have to be to a certain standard to keep okay. it somewhat fair. And can mm. you explain those white lights? Yeah, there's three judges. They give you a white if they think it's good, they give you a red if they think it's bad. Majority wins. Yeah, mm. and so you need at least two whites. Yeah, yeah. so you need yeah. two out of three to, to, to pass or fail you. Yeah. Oh. And then three attempts per lift. Yeah. Yeah. Same as uh, well, pretty much any like Olympic sport, like oh. throwing sport, whatever. But yeah, you get three attempts um, to do your best. Mm-hmm. So usually the first ones you want it to be super easy to build confidence or to build momentum or whatever you want to call it to get a, something on the board in case you something goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, so it's usually like a warm up, uh, and then the second one will be tough. Mm-hmm. It'll be something that you are ninety nine percent sure that you can do, but it's probably like uh, it's gonna be hard mm. um, to think like I don't know ninety five ninety seven percent of your one um, and then the third will be a go for it kind of yeah hundred yeah, percent yeah. like a proper hard lift yeah like row. blood vessels popping in your eyes <laughs> kind of sometimes <laughs> I know I've seen you with bloodshot eyes before mm. um so with your training now that you've you know just peaked and, and done a comp and wiped the floor mm. might I say what's your training looking like now that was two weeks ago and to give a little bit of context we traveled around like you said we traveled around America for five six weeks mm-hmm. doing courses doing holiday stuff mm-hmm. and uh, very suboptimal circumstances for peaking for a competition because the competition was right at the end of the trip. Yeah. Uh, very limited recovery. So we had to adjust uh, training to suit that recovery, which meant pretty much dialing things back to nothing. Yeah. So I would usually train four days a week. I would do my main lifts and then I would do accessories to keep healthy. For this trip, we did three days a week. 
I did bare minimum, so just the main lifts really, three, four sets, and a couple of things a week to keep my shoulders a little bit happy. Mm -hmm. um, so literally just enough to pick. Yeah. Just enough to maintain skill in the main lifts. Yeah. Uh, and then I did the comp, went really well, surprising. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so coming back here, my kind of work capacity is absolute trash, <laughs> really. Yeah. Like my, and, and when you want to scale, when you want to get better, you're going to do, you know, more volume, more intensity, whatever it is, mm -hmm. your progressive overload. You don't want to do that in big jumps. Because yeah. that's... Uh, like Way more fatigue. <laughs> than well, just things aren't used to it. Yeah. yeah. I guess you should say. And you can, if you can get away, if you can stimulate a muscle doing less, why not? Yeah. Well, so that comes down effects, to right? yeah, yeah. again, Mike Israel's minimum yeah. effective volume. <laughs> yeah. If you only need, you know, five or ten sets to make an improvement, why do thirty? Yeah. Exactly. There'll be time for thirty down the track. And it's only, uh, yeah, and it's only going to beat you up more. Yeah. Should do more. So. Coming back here, I'm doing very little volume. Probably a program in which most people would laugh at and say that is haha, like that is so weak of you. Which <laughs> it honestly feels like it to be fair. Well, when I look at it, I'm thinking that to myself. But then when I go do it, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, the, we've identified a few muscle groups that uh, want to be brought up, and we're just doing enough volume to hit that. Which for yesterday's workout was eight. Sets. Eight sets. <laughs> Eight sets a leg. So three squats, two split squats, and uh, three sets of leg extensions. Yeah, nice. Were you sore after that? I am. <laughs> I'm scared. A little bit scared for tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my quads are a little bit, and then the bottom leg loose. So the right ones, at least. Yeah. yeah. If I pulled up today, and my back was sore. I'd be like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done? Yeah. But at least, at least the indicators are good. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so when do you plan on increasing volume? Uh the way I program, so usually it depends on a person's level, but um, I would either do it week to week, very incrementally, like add a few sets a week yep. over a mesocycle. And that's that's typically how I would do something for like a bodybuilder, mm -hmm. but I would expect them to be, have a bit more background than what I have. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? That I can do with the comp in that. So I'll probably just run this for three, four weeks, whatever, until until uh, I feel like the, the benefit isn't there anymore. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then we'll design a whole new mesocycle with maybe 10% more. Yeah. Mm. And you'll probably be like 12 weeks out by then for pro roll. Uh, I think I've got two. I think I've got, I think the way uh, when I planned it, it was like two, two, two and a half months of hypertrophy. Yeah. Because I think I'm 18 weeks out or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and since I'm in a weight class where I have a lot of room to move, I'm I'm giving more time, I'm to, giving more time to hypertrophy, and then I'll just probably peak for the last uh, maybe eight weeks. Yeah. How do you find hypertrophy? Do you find it interesting or difficult? Uh, it's just, it's hard because when I go through these hypertrophy cycles, I miss the heavy stuff. And then yeah. when I go through the heavy stuff, I'm like, fuck, I just want to do some reps. Yeah, you're so exhausted. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of like a what you don't have you want. Yeah. But um, I like it because I, I just like to... I like to think about it. I like to think about the stuff we were talking about. Get the internal some connection. Yeah, and I like to have a little bit of DOMS and stuff like that. Or even though it is really cool to put 300 kilos in the bar, it week to week that gets gets old. Fucking tiring, yeah. hey? Tiring yeah. and just beat up. Like things yeah. hurt, shoulders sure. hurt, hips yeah. hurt, knees hurt, everything hurts. It's kind of sadistic, but I like the DOMS as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I do to a degree, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, have you ever been so sore in your glutes that you can't sit down without grimacing? Oh, not, <laughs> not, not a long time, not since the bodybuilding days. Oh, man. But my, like I said, my bodybuilding days were, you know, we went to, to fat it. Yeah. Was, yeah. Sometimes this one slaps me on the butt, as most boyfriends do, and it feels like domestic violence when it's my glutes are that sore from training <laughs> and he gives me a gentle slap. I'm like, ah! The other thing is, like, when you get peeled from competition, just sitting down hurts because you're just sitting on bone. Yeah. It's like bone and muscle. You don't realize how much cushion a bit of fat on the ass gives. don't miss that. Yeah, no. But um, I think, uh, again, you highlighted another good point, bodybuilding transition into powerlifting, which I know you have some clients that do that. The, uh, the mindset around trying to irk every last rep out of an exercise as opposed to being happy with achieving the goal of that particular set yeah. and that particular message. Well, going back to what I did yesterday, mm. those eight sets 
the the uh, the squats were probably three four reps from failure. Uh-huh. Easy. Like the eighth one was nothing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the split squats were the same. Uh-huh. Maybe two three from failure. God, they hurt for the amount of weight you can do for split squats. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and and the split squats at the moment, I, I'm just doing like arm supported as well. Yeah. So there's a lot arm of supported. Okay. Just well, it's hypertrophy again. Hypertrophy yeah. is intent. If I was going through a different phase, it'd be different. But yeah. Uh, and then the leg extensions were one two reps from failure. So they're yeah. not even they're not even a failure. Yeah. You know, it's, but your your one two from failure is still probably at least from a uh, an advanced lifter's point of view far more closer to a legitimate one to two. Yeah. Than somebody else who's like, yeah, I was one to two from failure. And like, you know, with gen pop clients or people that really aren't that advanced in training, they're really like five to six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I know this is so painful, but just so we're not assuming any knowledge, can we break down what we mean by being three off failure? Do you guys want to explain that? Well, my explanation would be that you are three reps from mechanical failure specifically, which means if you're doing a particular exercise in a particular way, so we stick with leg extensions. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing it at a like roughly like X, a sort of amount, of, the same amount of speed for each rep, roughly you don't change your repetition speed, you don't change your repetition length, um, and you're about three reps before your legs can no longer extend up yeah, and so do another rep. When you attempt a repetition, you would fail it, um, not because it hurts, but because you physically fail. Mm. So what Will's saying is he was not training until he physically couldn't do it anymore, yeah. but rather he chose a weight that got him about three repetitions off yeah. failure. Yeah, I yeah. felt like I could have done about three, three more, more. Yeah. Yeah, roughly. And normally what we see is that the, the lower the rep range, the better you are at... It sounded like I said better. I didn't say better. I think you did. I said the better you are and it came together, just so everybody He knows. does say use, so I wouldn't put it That's past fine. you. <laughs> um, yeah, the better you are at... Sorry, the closer you are to like the lower reps, the better you are at guessing your reps from failure. Mm. So like, you know, if you want to do a 4RM, you're going to get pretty close. Yeah. If you want to do a 25RM, you're probably going to fuck that one up for a while. Yeah. Well, if it was 25, we'll just take out the fact. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the other... I think it actually was like an interesting segue, although it's not necessarily... Like, you're mainly obviously here talking about powerlifting is that bodybuilders fuck up that notion that they need to go to failure anyway. That whole notion of needing to go to failure, for the most no. part, is unnecessary. That's what I meant before, is that, like when people transition to powerlifting, is that we're doing a technical lift to some degree. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not a snatch, but it's a, a squat bench deadlift. There's a lot involved. There's yep. a lot, when you first get into them, there's a lot involved. There's a lot to think about. And then I always get bodybuilders that come across that have been doing bodybuilding too long, and they're used to taking their bench press to failure. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, dude, fill me a set. And then they might they say they're doing a set of 10. Like after the fifth one, all techniques out the window. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, fifth was your failure. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Because those last five were just garbage and just smashing your joints. Mm. Yeah. Smashing your tendons. Like you're not getting anything out of them. Mm. From a skill or from a neuro or uh-huh. even from a hypertrophy perspective. Um if the goal was to increase the risk of injury, they're doing a great job. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if the goal is just an arbitrary rep number for the sake of achieving a rep number. Oh. So I'll just, yeah, so that's where I'll chuck in other things like tempos, slow tempos, just to make them, to make them, uh, mm. make that a lot harder. Make it harder to fuck up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, sure. so, so there are ways to get around it. But. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other thing. Probably. Yeah. Now, Will, I'm really itching to get to your would you rather so so I can get there sooner Ooh. rather than later. Do you have any wrap-up points for those listening? Uh, on the topic mm-hmm. of transitioning from bodybuilding to powerlifting? Yeah. It could be about anything, um, nipple tassels, lactation. <laughs> no, I don't have... Or, or on the topic no. specifically. Whatever. Lactation, outside of your scope. Just, let's just stick with that. If <laughs> lactation is involved, it's just say it's outside of my scope. <laughs> yeah, it can't help. But um, don't yeah, squeeze on that... <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. On that topic, uh, yeah, bodybuilders are transitioning across. Uh, understand that understand the goal behind what you're doing, the intent. So if it's squat bench deadlift, uh, there's, there's skill involved. Uh-huh. So we don't want to push super close to failure. Um, stick to your hypertrophy exercises for hypertrophy when you need to. Um, yeah, so understand why something's programmed. Uh, don't get caught up in going to failure every time. You'd be surprised how much you can get out of two, three reps from failure. Uh-huh. Uh, Bodybuilders can probably learn from that too, like you said. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and the third one, which 
probably needs a lot more context to it, but um, is that volume isn't everything. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when we write a program, I'll keep the volume the same for a whole mesocycle. And then I'll increase intensity, which technically, you know, that's more volume. Yeah. And, but, um, and because intensity is the driver for my sport, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's, it's not everything. We don't need to do maximum volume. We don't need to crawl out of the gym, you know, with our legs on fire. We don't need to, like, more isn't always better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because more isn't really more. More, what you think's more is probably not more. It's just like I said. Or it's more fatigue. Minimum effective volume. <laughs> yeah, or, mm. or what's the what's the middle one? That uh, or maximum recoverable volume. Yeah. That's MRV, and then optimal. What's it? What's the next one? I can never remember. That. I don't know, but yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it's yeah. But for powerlifting, it's it's much for strength. It's much less important than you probably think. Mm. It's most people don't have the 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 skill and all that. So. Get as big as you can, get as jacked as you can, build the skill, and you'll probably do well. Mm-hmm. But you don't need max volume to do that. Even though that all sounds really simple, it's a lot for people to think about if they hadn't considered all those things before. No. So maybe the best thing to do is get a coach that knows what they're talking about. Yes. That would be I know a great one. <laughs> yes. I know one's in every city. Yes. So, I mean, people could ask, but uh, unfortunately... Yeah, people don't always yeah. do that, do they? No. But I'm sure people listening to this are much more educated. Yeah. If you made it this far, you're, you're doing I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Is, is there like sort of a, uh, a range of set volume you tend to see in your programming for powerlifting specific? Other than circumstances like my own right now. Yeah. Because like this, obviously, it's a fair bit lower than what I would usually. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's different because I've programmed in, it, the phases are different. Mm-hmm. Hypertrophy is going to be a bit higher. Peaking is going to be a lot lower. Yeah. Um, but I would say on a completely broad generalization that, uh, 60, 70, maybe 80 sets a week tends to be where I land for hypertrophy for my guys. Uh Uh, and peaking tends to be 10, 20 sets a week, lower than that. Yep. Mm -hmm. But obviously it's still significantly lower than what we would see in a volume driven hypertrophy phase in a bodybuilder. Yeah. Well, you're going to be, well, your guys are just a little more tolerant. Mm. Absolutely, they've yeah. been there, they've yeah. done that, they, they, they need a lot more to, to get the result because mm. they're so adapted to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also the downfall in that transition phase, is they're coming from 100 sets a week, and then you give them 60, and they're trying to also but pick would, themselves up. So I know, I know, but this is, yeah, it's gonna there's a transition. Down. But I, I mean, the, the mindset behind the bodybuilder is like, if they saw... Oh, if I'm I'm doing doing yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Mm. yeah, to unpick that for listeners just quickly, if someone's a couch potato and has never trained before... The amount of work they need to do to improve would be like what one set, <laughs> two set, yeah. a very small, maybe not it one set. Very you know? gradual increases. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if somebody has a really high training age and they've been training with intensity and frequency for years, they can't get away with doing you know ten working sets over the course of the week and expect improvements mm. because I, one of you guys mentioned adaptation. So the longer you've been training, the more working sets you've been doing, the more you need to do to continue improving. Mm. Yeah. But it's not even actually that crazy. Like in the research, when they get untrained populations and test them for hypertrophy, they give them like six sets a week for a muscle group, mm. Mm. and they get hypertrophy. Yeah. Because there's like it's literally it's only the stim- that's the only stimulus they need, and once you co- overcook that stimulus, then you go to the next one and the next one and the next I one. Feel, next I feel one. like these last few years where volume studies have been a big thing mm. have have been great in the way that they've brought a light to it, but then also you're gonna you get people that see that and then they're like oh i need to do this like volume's the king and now 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 that's the only thing yeah Yeah. exactly so it's definitely yeah there are people who are going to take extremes always yeah i still think the the carrot the take-home message is that it's still mechanical tension progression for hypertrophy at least yeah you know not necessarily specifically more sets equals more growth more growth so we need to look at that as part of the larger puzzle Mm. big picture yeah big picture now moving on to our segments well we're going to ask you if you have something worth sharing. He's nervous about these because he's listened to some previous podcasts. Now, Will is not just a podcast guest. Will is a personal friend of ours who we've spent many years hanging out with. And I'm nervous about asking him these questions because I'm the queen of would you rather in like, just in group settings when I'm having dinner with friends, I'm like, would you rather? 
And Will can never answer them because he's just like, fuck me, I don't want to do either of those. So he just won't pick one. So I'm really <laughs> nervous about asking you these but, questions. But before we started... We'll hash it out. We'll hash it out. But before we started recording this podcast too, you mentioned that you heard Dalton's Would You Rather, which was a, would you rather lick an armpit or sniff an ass crack? And you said you're sniffing all day, every day. I'm not sure if you meant ass crack or... In that, in that circumstance, <laughs> I don't know if I feel like that's... You sniff an ass crack. I mean... Explain. I, uh, I just feel like uh, in... Like we're always going into t- dirty ass public toilets and stuff. You're pretty much sniffing ass crack there. Like, what's uh, another ass crack, Dad? I mentioned that you know I've been to New York recently, and the entire city is an ass crack. So, <laughs> uh, well, it smells like it anyway. So uh, I was, you know, I was pretty much doing that for a yeah, week. So you're getting you're getting nose deep in an ass crack, over licking an armpit. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's <laughs> cool. You know, each and their own. Sniffing is just like, oh, it's bad smell. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, it is true. Like a tongue on tongue on pit is pretty personal. Yeah, how sweet is the pit? It's not something that I often. Yeah, I might, I might have to agree with you. I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. But you just wait till your would you rather. It's coming up soon. (laughs) But in the meantime, really something something worth worth sharing. Segment. Have you seen, done, or been involved with anything recently? Or sniffed or snorted that you think is that you think is worth sharing? Why is it a snort, not a sniff, when it comes to cocaine? I don't know. I suppose the you're not really is, sniffing it. You're not smelling it. You're inhaling it. You're literally smelling it. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Side shoot. Anything, anything <laughs> worth sharing? Uh, what? An educational thing? Can be whatever. whatever. Something you think is worth value. Could be a great porno listening. you've watched even. No. Just <laughs> anything. Literally anything. <laughs> this is the broad shit ever. No. Uh, Best geez, moment in America. Stuff that I, yeah, you can share a funny story from America or a good good or time. Just, yeah, well, We've uh, shared it a few times. We, me and Jamie did a review in America. Okay. So if people watch that, which I probably haven't. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> we seek are, it out now. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the funniest moment in America was when we first got to New York, like literally the first day. Like, I'm not, I'm, we haven't even arrived yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came by train via Rhode Island, and then we got off the train, went on the subway, which connects all of New York. You sound like a refugee. And, <laughs> and <laughs> the, literally the first subway to our Airbnb. So still got our bags, still got everything, and yeah, if you've been in New York, every every subway you get on's got a bum or somebody asking for money, oh. um, which you just get over. You don't really give nobody gives them much, but um, this guy decided that everybody's got a different method, you know, whether it's oh I'm sad, give me money or whatever. But this guy singing a song, yeah, and so he gets him on very loudly and answers, hey, I'm singing a song, uh, has a cup, and he's doing a thigh slap for his drum and he's singing a very loud song and I it was pretty impressive it was good no it was well I mean for a bum I was like good on you man you're not just asking for money but he was a bit scary as well had a bit of a vibe of like I'm, I'll, I'll kill you okay um, so I was like me, me and Jamie well me especially being first time ever in New York um, just head down like cool like, no, oh. no thanks but every, everybody did that I think he got five bucks or something mm-hmm. in, in one dollar notes they do one dollar notes so which is alright for one minute. Mm. Yeah, making more money than me. Yeah. He just goes sub. He'll just go train and train. It's three hundred bucks an hour. Not bad. He's probably rich. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, he's finished. He walks through the the subway and he and he and he, and he got only a couple bucks, which he thought wasn't adequate for his performance. Okay. Um, and he yelled out to. I always get the. I forget, I forget what it was now exactly, but I always get the uh, the poor carriages or whatever he said oh. and um, and there were a bunch of people that thought that no hang on you're the bum <laughs> you probably shouldn't be saying that so one lady in particular who was right next to us decided to pipe up and just go like no you're the one singing on the subway you're the bum so he was calling everyone oh, wow. on the train like povers or something yeah because they didn't give yeah, him money yeah he's going I always get the yeah, I always get the. I forget the. Damn, I wish I remember what exactly was it. We said it on our thing. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I always get the bum ass trains or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, "No, you're the poverty guy. You're the guy asking for money. You're the bum on the train." Like, yeah, fuck yeah. you, pretty much. Okay. And and then he's come back and he's like, "Well, at least I'm working for money or whatever." And she's like, "I do a job and stuff like that." And anyway, it's just back and forth. She should have shut her mouth, oh. <laughs> but she decided <laughs> to just keep poking that fire. Right. And he's poking it back, and then, and then he and then decides. And she got stabbed and bled to death. <laughs> Is that how the story Bruce ends? Man. No, close. <laughs> oh, okay. But oh god. Yeah, he. Uh, she she decided to keep poking it, 
And then he ran out of arguments because his argument wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, so he decided that he was just going to declare that she was she was only pissed off about the situation because she gets no dick. Oh. She goes, you just don't get no dick. And she's like, I get plenty of dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then all the guys stood up and handed them their business card. <laughs> no, I just love that she really emphasized the plenty. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I get plenty of dick. Yes. And then I was just, at this point, we were trying to not laugh because we're between them. So it was kind of like, shit. Um, yeah, but it was pretty funny. Pretty funny at that point. Welcome That's to awesome. America. Yeah, awesome. welcome to New York. And then, um, so they get back and forth a little bit more on that. Yeah. And then she just decides, you know what, fuck it. And she's just like, I should stab you. Right. So I was like, okay. That this, escalated. This turned, turned for a bit of the worst. Not not as funny anymore. <laughs> no. And then he goes, not if I stab you first. And he reaches in, I, I assume it was just his bum crack. Yeah. There's not, <laughs> there nothing else back there. He didn't uh-huh. have pockets. So I, he just reaches down the back of his pants and pulls out this knife, which wasn't that impressive it was like just a home knife but it's still you know it's a knife I'd be scared of a butter knife if someone came at me with it yeah and he was holding it pretty (laughs) stabbishly stabbed you (laughs) and uh and getting it out he nearly hit Jamie which was close to him oh my god thank god Jamie would have stabbed on me but um (laughs) whatever fuck you Jamie who cares about Jamie anyways yeah he pulled it out and then all of a sudden yeah um, we were freaking out the most. Everybody else on the subway must have seen it regularly or something. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, yeah. The, so that was the. Did anyone of, get stabbed? Don't just no. Nah, he just decided to pull out and show everybody, and then and then he faint, and then she's like, "Oh, you, you know, you have no money," and then he fainted that he had heaps of money in his pocket, but I, I have suspicions that he didn't. Probably bottle cap lids. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, he decided to. Then he got off the subway and went to the next one for his next gig. Right. So, yeah. Hopefully but it was a hilarious it. thing, but also quite scary. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. It was a really good intro. That is, the great intro. that is a great introduction. To for anyone listening, I, I can only speak for myself. I'm, I believe that a lot of people are in poverty because of institutional reasons. So we're not looking down on them, right? <laughs> well, America is very different to Australia as well. Yes. Oh. Well, I'd like to highlight that I'm not a classist, is all I'm saying. <laughs> that's very funny. Most of them were great. Most of the bums would be like, hey, most of them would try and sell something or mm. just ask politely. Yeah. Uh, but this guy, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. working hard for it. Well, he was working. I want to know where he got the knife from if it was really his ass crack. Yeah, I wouldn't know as well. You don't want to sit down and forget about that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was definitely down the pants. It wasn't like a pocket. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know where it came from. Maybe an internal just pocket a of sorts. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. a good story. Thanks for sharing, Will. Yeah, other than that, the courses that we did were great. I'll point that what out was to. your favourite one? They weren't the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Not the funniest thing. Um, we did Pat Davidson's Rethinking to Be Patterns too, and we did Zach Couples here in Matrix, and both two-day courses uh, throughout the trip, uh, which, again, we did two review videos on oh. each and separately on our YouTube channel. But um, So who was it? Pat? Pat Davidson uh-huh. uh, and Zach, Zach Couples. Couples. Okay. Um, very different, but very, uh, yeah, very unique seminars, but really interesting. Mm. Cool. Most important question of the whole podcast. Shoot, shag, marry, Zach, uh, Pat. Oh, so yeah. the, the presenters. Yeah. Yeah. Or Dean. Oh, no, let's go. Let's go with Jamie. It's okay, all, all right. Country. And Jamie, the guy that you travel shoot, with. Shoot, shag, marry. Who do you shoot? Who do you shag? Who do you marry? Jamie, you'd be a good shag. No, don't. Don't give him ideas. Jamie, I think, is the only person that I could have done that trip with. So you're going to six weeks mm. and still be fun right at the end. <laughs> okay. There's not many There's not many people. There are a few, but there are not many people I could do that with and still enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think marry Shaman. Okay, mm. that's sweet. Uh, I hope he would accept my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> is this an official proposal? <laughs> is, this, is that where this is going? <laughs> Sound like Do you want to borrow my ring? Um, <laughs> but, okay. Um, Jamie's not pretty enough for you. I ring. think, oh, man, that's a really hard one, but... Me and Pat are, are both very wide, not very athletic people. <laughs> we, we connect on a deeper level of shape. Okay. So, uh, so I think I'm going to shag Pat. And then, unfortunately, as much as I love Zach, and he's a, he's a boss. Oh. But, um, you shouldn't he? You're going to have to. Maybe just in But the I think he would survive because he's a gangster. Yeah, right. Right. He's, a, he's, a, he's the least gangster against you. Well, that's that's the sweetest uh, 
thing you could say when you shoot someone. Yeah. yeah. You're a Thanks, gangster, gangster, mate. Yeah, it's a... It's a... <laughs> I feel like I would accept being shot if someone said that about me, so that's very nice. As long as they turn the gun sideways. Um, now, that wasn't really a segment of mine that we had planned, but no. I feel like we should introduce it to every guest. Perhaps. Use people like Oprah. You're going to end up with a whole... Michael Jackson. Just a podcast of questions. No. I would love to. If it was if it was just me <laughs> organising this podcast and not me and Dean, yeah. I actually had a list of segments that I wanted to do, and Dean was like, just choose three. Maybe it's a once a year like special. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, just, just questions only. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted a soundboard where there was like people <laughs> clapping, people booing. Yeah, fuck but Dean edit that in. He, he banned the No, because the no, she wanted an actual soundboard here, so like while I was talking, she'd be like, boo. <laughs> and I'm like, the whole podcast would you just be drowning me out with shitty noises? I know, that's the point. Wouldn't that be no, great? No. <laughs> no. Maybe you need two podcasts one for you and one for education. Oh my god. Yeah, like people usually like the after talk or the coaches talk, we just have like Liz's podcast and then the podcast would like. And Liz, though. Just on a side note, you could just like, yeah, after we're done here, you edit that in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I should. But I would like I to see Dean's know. reaction as I boo him is like the point. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it'd be like me and prep. Eventually I'd laugh and then eventually I'd just be like, this is shit. Why are we doing Fuck this? off. <laughs> um, now I'm going to skip the embarrassing gym moment yeah. just because I'm dying to get to your would you rather. But listeners, if you do have an embarrassing gym moment, go to the podcast page, submit it, and we're going to read it out. And I feel leave like everybody's name. is just farting. Mm, it's common ones. Yeah, it is very common. It's yeah, true. I think farting and shooting themselves is pretty common, or maybe vomiting. Yeah. Like if we don't get any and stories, if anyone outside shit themselves and vomited at the same time, please put that. But in. it's got to be a gym moment. It can't yeah. just be like on a bus. Out drinking. Doesn't count. On the subway. <laughs> but if we don't get any stories outside of farting, we might have to drop that segment. So mm. please save the segment. Submit your stories. Uh, we'll, um, go, we'll go to the three final questions. <laughs> For Will. Oh, the three final questions. Yeah, so right. the first the one. The third being the would you rather. Yeah, the third's the would you rather. If or you just want to go solve... straight into the would you rather. Nah, nah let's go. If you could solve just one mystery, anything at all, what would it be? Oh, man. It's a tough one. Do I go on a world level and act like a hero or do I go really <laughs> selfish? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever. I, know, I think I... As much as we're here talking about biomechanics and all these causes, I know that there are a bazillion things that we don't know, mm -hmm. well, as much as we think we like to. Mm -hmm. We don't know what so, we don't know. Yeah. Well, even things like, oh, whatever. There's, there's lots of things in the body that we yep. actually don't know, that people probably would be amazed at. I would uh, solve all them so I can be stronger. And, and well, you need to pick a specific one. <laughs> no, I don't. Yes, yes, you do. No, you would solve, uh, solve a way to manipulate socket depth, limb length. And all of the contributing factors to limiting strength that you can't change well, there's, now. Yeah, there's like, uh, like we did that uh, seminar on recovery, mm. but uh, we're only going off. I, I know that like all those weren't one hundred percent definite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want they to were likely best way and talking yeah. as strong as yeah. possible. Yeah, I'm a selfish fellow. I accept that yeah. answer. All right. Question number two. You want to ask? This is this is fitting considering again you just went to America with Jamie, but if you were were arrested and nobody knew what you were arrested for out of your friends and family, what do you think they would think you did? These days. God, I don't do anything these days. I'm super boring now. <laughs> Probably just abusing somebody these days. Days of, my, uh, days of me partying and running amok are gone. Okay. I'm super boring, so I'd probably just, yeah, it'd probably be, uh, <laughs> probably me getting super angry and pissed off and... Which is interesting because the whole time I've known you, you've always been like the calm and collected guy. Physical or verbal abuse? Not verbal, right? Verbal. I yeah. couldn't see you physically assaulting someone. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd want to have a picture it in my mind, but to do oh, it... Oh, been there. <laughs> to do it is a... Yeah, uh, I, I don't, <laughs> although I do get... Whenever I go out, people try to find me all the time. It's yeah. super weird, but... <laughs> Maybe people think that because of your size, you'd be a good That's fighter. Insecurity. But it's quite the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, I can't rotate at all, so there's zero power here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alright. Um, now, you, would you rather... <laughs> <laughs> a, a wrist flick. Um, would you rather suck one dick 100 times <laughs> or 100 dicks once? <laughs> uh, the second one. Really? 100 dicks, 100, 100 different, different dicks. dicks. Less traumatic. Is it though? It was over and gone. Oh, no, but you have to do it a hundred times to like a hundred. We it's have still to do a hundred times. It's yeah, you still have to. That was very quick. 
Have you thought about? I think he's before? shot from the hip. <laughs> no, yeah, a little bit. But um, <laughs> so you don't want to get personal with the one dick. You'd rather just like get through the task. Tell you why. I'm thinking like time frames. The Ooh. first one, like that, that could be drawn out over a year, and that's not my fault for life. <laughs> oh, you want? I'm, I'm completely like... traumatized by that point. I need extreme therapy. Let's but, call well, it. I would need therapy. One BJ it, but... a day for a hundred days. So the length of time, the yeah, the time under tension. One. Versus one no, very not. traumatic day. No, no, no. No, so no, it's you... one day for one new dick for 100 days or the same dick 100 times. But, oh. like, over 100 days. So you can either have the same no, guy show up. That makes it too up. easy just to choose the, the, the one person. It, yeah. Does well, it? Yeah. I think so. I think so. When so the reason I would choose the one person is you would get to know what they like and you can get it over <laughs> and done with really quickly. <laughs> That's why I'm going with one dick 100 Please. times. Yeah. Look, don't... <laughs> That's not funny on a podcast so people can't see what you're doing. Anyways, Will, sorry. What was your answer? Uh, in that context, yeah, the one. The one. Yeah. I thought you meant... I was picturing 100, like, an hour with them. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, once you change the, the parameters associated with the 100 dicks, it does change the answer. So, so... Something what, to ponder about. Yeah, okay. All right, listeners. So, you're too... So, Will sort of wants to suck 100 different dicks, is what you're saying. Logical... <laughs> There's too many ways to go around and you always want to know like what the what if but yeah more um, serious note Will where can people find you if they want to get in touch and ask you to suck what <laughs> at uh, at W-C-R-O-Z or Z okay W Cross W Cross W Cross on uh, or to search William Cross on Instagram uh, Facebook wouldn't bother um, <laughs> unless you want to see good dog photos you've got great dogs and, yeah, but they're on Instagram too. Instagram. Oh yeah, that's true. I uh, know Instagram's where I post most material for both athlete and coach. Yeah. When you were in America, I slept over at your place, hanging out with your missus, and I. You obviously have two beds at your house because you have a spare bedroom, but I insisted on sleeping in the bed with your missus because I wanted to sleep with the dogs. Yeah. And I got to spoon tank all night. It was so. Okay, so w cross on uh, yeah. Instagram. Sorry, I interrupted. Yes. Uh, or our website nexusperformance.com.au mm-hmm. cool. um, or YouTube I guess be the yeah. other one that we're regularly doing lately yeah there's actually a lot of really cool <clears throat> content on the Nexus YouTube I send people yeah, after coming back from America stuff. it has a little bit of a spark on me to put more because especially going to gyms like Hybrid Performance with Steffi Cohen mm. and seeing like a heap of those guys that have just constantly got a camera in their face and just going hard on it and seeing how successful they are and how much they prioritise it yeah or, you know like when you just so if I say like a, a successful business to somebody, they don't picture somebody just walking around with a camera in their face. But yeah. that's yeah. that's what their time's prioritise. So I feel like we should do more. And uh, especially after coming back from America as well, we have a lot more ideas. So trying mm. to chuck them down before I... Pro tip. That's cool. Love it. For nice. Well, thanks for your time, Will. Very much. Appreciate so. it. I look Love forward it. to the next Would You Rather on the next podcast. <laughs> I'm going to make it a juicy one. No pun intended. Yeah. And a nice little one for us to have today with Flex. All of the necessary stuff is in the show notes. Yep, indeed. Super simple. Book, research, yeah. review, coaching, consults, you name it. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. <laughs>